1: Fight fans, we welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. Your host, Dan Canobio here, here to navigate you through another week of boxing, where we'll be looking back at what was one of the better heavyweight fights of all time. I'm still buzzing. I know you're still buzzing. We're not ready to close this chapter on Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. It's funny because we went into the week and the buildup to this fight just thinking, man, I just want it to be over. And you know, people are getting tired of both sides. I mean, why are they even having a third fight? And That's the funny thing about boxing is because it just snuck up on you and ended up being an all-time classic. And now we're having Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder withdrawals. Uh, it's, it's a wild, wild thing. Uh, joining us on the show today, to put it into perspective, none other than Max Kellerman of espn he was part of the broadcast team and the host position with sean porter and kate abdo he has some strong opinions about the fight uh, he'll put it into some historical uh perspective talk about tyson furry what's next for him where he ranks all time in the heavyweight division as well as deontay wilder because we have to think about what's really next for, for deontay wilder i want to see him fight again i'm sure you want to see him fight again but his last 20 rounds He has taken massive, massive punishment with a year uh, in between each fight, which could be his ultimately maybe uh, his saving grace. But it's all eyes on on Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury once again legitimized himself as the heavyweight of this era. With Anthony Joshua losing two weeks ago to Alexander Usyk, and not that that mattered, but that kind of just cemented the, the fact home that Tyson Fury is just head and shoulders better than the best, better than his contemporaries. It was 30 rounds, 30 hellacious rounds with with Deontay Wilder. Very one-sided. If you take a look at the final tallies of this trilogy, Fury outlanded Wilder 316 to 177. If you want to break it out over the 30 rounds, uh, he outlanded him in 25 of those 30 rounds. Uh, That was uh, Tyson Fury. Fury landed close to 40% of his power shots in the three fights that are that's around the heavyweight average. And this is what I think is the most telling and maybe the most impressive little tidbit of this saga, at least statistically is Wilder was limited to just 19% of his total connects. He was single digits in 26 of the 30 rounds, but still dropped fury four times. That is absurd. Talk about a, a fighter making your punches count. I think it says a lot uh, about uh, a Wilder, about his power, about some of his limitations. You know, landing single digits in, in 25 of the 30 uh, rounds, dropping Fury four times. But the thing is, Fury got up every single time. That is just absurd. The guy's got the recuperative powers of, of Larry Holmes. I mean, when he went down in that fourth round, Tyson Fury on that short right hand that is now being shared over and over the reverberations through Tyson Fury's thick body, the, the, just, it was insane just to watch that punch in slow motion. That might've been the punch that broke Wilder's hand, but I thought it was such a clean, short, compact punch. Could have been arguably the best punch of the fight outside of the knockout shot that, that dropped Wilder, but to see Fury get up from that, shake it off, went down again later on in that round and got his steam back in those middle rounds. It was a little more bounce in his step. So it doesn't throw a jab a little bit more. And for Wilder, and we'll talk about this w- with Max in a little bit, is I feel like he was just very contradictory in how he approached his fight. Coming in at 238, because he didn't want to get laid on, because that's what Fury did in his fight. Didn't want to get pushed around, but also wanted to box. I mean, I don't think you can have both. In that first round, he came out throwing the jab to the body, Wilder. He came out bouncing. That was it. That was the end of a jab for Wilder. He landed nine jabs in the entire fight. Talked about going to the body. He landed 11 body shots in the entire fight. We talked about this last week with Lennox Lewis. Is you can, It's one thing to say you're going to come out and throw jabs and, and move around and be nimble, but can you execute it? for more than a round or will you revert back to what got you to where you are now and that's what happened he reverted back wilder he was just looking for that right hand that's what the fight turned into turned into a straight-up slugfest it turned into a rocky movie in real time for the heavyweight championship of the world high drama that's what makes this fight so memorable no it's not ollie frazier no it's not bo holyfield in terms of ebb and flow and you know the sweet science this was just a barroom brawl this was edge of your seat type of stuff and for the heavyweight title and a third fight between two guys that did not like each other, this was not manufactured, you know, the buildup to their first fight, there was a mutual respect between the two because Fury looked at Wilder as someone giving him another shot in the limelight. Wilder looked at Fury as someone, uh, a worthy dance partner. I can finally get my mega fight. I can generate millions because it takes two to tango in boxing when it comes to finances, finances and making the most money. There was a mutual Respect level, I knew for a fact that these two liked each other and they considered were friendly in the first fight. And then the draw happens. And then the second fight with the cheating allegations. And now this third fight was just ugly. The promotion was not pretty for this third one. Ended up being the most memorable of the fight. Ended up being the fight that everyone felt like they, if they ordered it, they're very, very happy. Because so that's the beauty of, uh, of boxing is, is, is FOMO, missing out. I feel like if you ordered that fight, you were extremely, extremely happy. I have a lot of friends that do not watch boxing or have a lot of friends that are casual. I think casual will be putting it strongly. And they were hitting me up nonstop Before the fight, after the fight, you have ESPN leading off with it. Uh, You have sports, the morning sports sports shows leading with Wilder Fury. And this is a weekend where Alabama got upset. Moments before Wilder made his ring walk, Alabama football, number one, lost to Texas A&M. There was four or five uh, playoff baseball games. It was college football all day. It was NFL all day. And people are still talking about Wilder Fury because when boxing is done right, it's the biggest of all sports. I just wish there was a little more. I wish it was more consistency because I'm seeing this this argument always rage on the MMA versus boxing argument is never going to go away. And what I'll say is that boxing, UFC can't create the moments like Saturday night in boxing. They just can't. The history of the heavyweight division, uh, a 10 count of getting up off the canvas. It's a, you know synonymous with life. It's a microcosm of life, getting up and fighting. They don't have that in MMA. They don't have the history. They don't, they don't have, the, they have the stars, but they don't have the big time personalities like Fury or Wilder. You're not allowed to have elaborate wing, ring walks in the UFC and MMA. They don't want that. Boxing, the theater of it, is so big. And when it's a heavyweight fight and these guys do not like each other, the way the the buildup, that's hard to replicate and that's hard to produce. But I will say that the UFC just does it more consistently. Not as big as that, but they're giving you consistency. Boxing, for the most part, is not giving you consistent highs like we saw Saturday, but I do believe that this year in boxing, is one of the best boxing years ever. I mean, when it's all said and done, when we look back at 2021, man, it's up and down. Uh, The valleys are low and the peaks are high. Uh, You know, the summer was supposed to be great. Ended up being, you know, one cancellation after the next. Uh, Jake Paul was the biggest fight of the summer. Uh, Vander Holyfield fought. <laughs> I mean, there were weeks without big fights, and now we're going to end the year on on a on a hell of a note, man. Hell of a note between what we just saw last week with, with or two weeks ago with uh, with Joshua and Usyk and Alexander Usyk becoming a heavyweight champion. That whole uh, historic uh, you know aspect of it with him coming up from, from cruiserweight, and now this heavyweight title fight, which was one for the ages, and even Dillian White versus Alvaro Valen has some intrigue now because if White wins. He's probably going to fight Fury unless something crazy happens. We talk about that with Max as well. So fights like that, when the heavyweight division's buzzing and it's it's pretty deep right now or somewhat deep, you know, fights like Otto Valen versus Dillian White have some intrigue. That's October 30th. You know, October 23rd we're going to see Shakur Stevenson get into the ring with Jamel Herring. That's the one I'm looking forward to. Even this weekend, yeah, Mikey Garcia is in a tune-up fight. You know, that's I'll I'll tune in to see that. But uh, Emmanuel Navarrete. Fighting on Friday night is the perfect type of fighter to wean yourself off of what we saw on Saturday night. All action, all the time. Uh, and Then we get into November. Canelo, Plant. uh, We got uh, Crawford versus Porter, who made their fight official with their press conference this past weekend. Uh, Manguia versus Rosado. Go up and down. November is one of the most loaded months we've had in a very long time in boxing. Tia versus Cambosos. Not going to be happening on Triller. Gonna be happening on Matchroom. Don't know if that's gonna be happening in November. I know Tiafimo put out November thirteenth on Instagram. Uh, Eddie Hearn quickly poo pooed that and said maybe we'll do it this year. Whatever. But even if Lopez Cambosos doesn't happen this year, and I don't think I think fans have lost interest in the fight, it's still gonna be one heck of a boxing year. One heck of a frantic finish. You know, even this week, which got completely buried because it was one of the best heavyweight fights of all time, is Tank Davis. Fighting Roley Romero, December 5th, a Sunday night pay-per-view. Another Sunday night pay-per-view for Showtime. will be their third of the year. Two of them were exhibitions, or uh, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley was a Sunday night. Mayweather versus Jake Paul was a Sunday night. And now this is a legitimate fight, or maybe with an asterisk, depending how you look at Roley Romero. I think it's it's just a throwback type of fight. This reminds me of like a De Hoya-Mayorga or Delahoya Vargas, where it, it might not be super competitive, but it's going to be an explosive end. It's going to be an explosive finish uh, between Javante Davis and Roly Romero. Romero's got a lot of power, he's got not a lot of technique. Uh, I got to give him credit. This is a guy that willed this fight into existence. It's a guy who talked a fight into existence, a perfect storm of Roly Romero being. Like an internet sensation, and boxing fans just being totally enamored with them one way or another. And the WBA finally cleaning up their act and consolidating titles because in this world, Roley Romero is a mandatory uh, for Javonta Davis's lightweight title at WBA. So Davis going from 130, where he fought Leo Santa Cruz. His last fight was at, uh, sorry, 130 with Leo Santa Cruz. His last fight was at 140 with. Barrios and now he's going to 135 so that that's impressive in, in its own right and I totally expect him uh to stop Rolly Romero and it's going to be another big knockout for Davis but it's also another big knockout against a opponent that no one really wanted to see in there that's the thing with with Davis I think he's a great fighter is he an elite fighter no I'm not going there uh, Leonard Ellerby. I'm looking at you uh he is on his way he's a great fighter he's outstanding he's, he's must watch tv But the minute he gets in there with a worthy top, another top 10 opponent is when I think he becomes a a top 10 pound for pound guy. So I'm looking forward to that fight. That was just announced this week. Looking forward to this episode. We got Max Kellerman on the show. There's no one better to break down the history of boxing than Max. Here he is, Mr. Max Kellerman. Let's bring in our guest this week here on Inside Boxing Live, familiar face to the boxing community. He was there Saturday night at the host position. Longtime friend, Max Kellerman is here. Max, welcome to the show. Uh, happy to have you here. Uh, it, it's a big fight, man. I think we're still coming down from that. Uh, I'm not ready to turn the page. I don't think a lot of boxing fans are ready to turn the page. Your your feelings. What are you still feeling from Saturday night?
0: It was one of the greatest. Uh fights that i've ever been a part of the broadcast for you know like i, I think about codo margarito the first one and that was tainted by what we let later found out about margarito i think about joshua and klitschko mm-hmm. and i think about this fight those are the three and there are many others I've done pacquiao fights and mayweather fights and shane mosley oscar de la hoya fights and, uh no actually i i have not worked in oscar de la hoya fight. that was before my time at hbo but um But uh, I've done, uh, you know, tons of great fights. And uh, there's something about the first of all, obviously a heavyweight title being on the line, but the drama, I know it was not, it did, it lacked artistry, but that level of drama in a fight with the heavyweight championship of the world on the line is uh, it's hard to beat in sports.
1: Well, that's what they say. You know, like, uh, well, that's the debate between MMA and boxing. Like, when boxing is right, you can't beat it. You can't, re- you can't create the theater. You can't create the drama like you just said. Maybe UFC makes those things happen on a more consistent basis or one of the more traditional sports leagues makes that happen on a more traditional basis. But maybe that's what makes it so alluring is if you had one of these a week – you wouldn't feel the same way. I wish there were more. I wish yeah, it wasn't scarcity just- is <laughs> scarcity
0: is part of the formula. But I, I think I would. I don't. I wouldn't pit MMA against boxing. I would say combat sports against the other sports, mm-hmm. right? Because you could argue that if the the greatest MMA setup is the same as boxing, it's a fight. It's not a metaphor for anything. It's a fight. We're going to see who's better. Um, I would say that on a consistent basis, the NFL and the NBA and Major League Baseball, the t- this, you know the, this, the the big sports leagues. Deliver a much better product than boxing, um, but when boxing is at its best, it is the best. I agree, right? It is, it is the best. There's an urgency, and what I, the thought experiment I used to do, I used to prove to, and not like my four corners thought experiment, right? Like they're playing stickball on one corner, and you know, flag football on the other, and pick up a game of basketball and a fist fight on the fourth corner. Everyone's around the fist fight. Yeah, I do but remember you before saying that. May, yeah, but before Mayweather and Pacquiao, I used to tell people, look, the Super Bowl's on. And Mayweather-Pacquiao's on at the same time. Which one you're watching live, which one you're DVRing. And everyone was like, yeah, I'm watching the fight live.
1: It's there's a an fight. urgency
0: to it. Yeah. There, there's an, you have to watch the fight live. And you got to record the game. So, but that's when is at its best. And, and Fury and Wilder, in terms of drama and stakes, was boxing at its best.
1: Well, the fight had everything in terms of the the trilogy had everything, I should say, because it lasted three years. So it wasn't just two explosive personalities, uh, two different fan bases. But you started to weave in like real life headlines started to seep into this saga because it was just simply three years. It was hard to uh, avoid that type of thing. You know, vaccinations, COVID, you had uh, race got into it. You had conspiracy theories. You had cheating. I don't think we'll see uh, for a long time a saga or a trilogy where the fans are invested this much simply because of the time and the things that I just explained. Particularly, like, take Deontay
0: Wilder's personality, right? Almost against any other heavyweight who ever lived, like against the vast majority of them. He's the A-side in terms of personality. Deontay's got a great personality. He's, he's interesting to listen to. He's authentic. He's genuine. You know, he's not shy about sharing his opinion. He has a strong point of view. But but in this, he's the B side in terms of personality because Tyson Fury is a crazy talker, right? Like a great talker, one of the best ever. So even in terms of the guy's personalities, both guys, we lucked out. And in terms of the in terms of the like just you think of the drama, Deontay Wilder. What do you weigh?
1: 217 for the first fight? I think he actually lost five pounds overnight cause the guy has so much nervous energy i remember it's pretty long ago but i remember he was 2, like 18 for the weigh in and then on fight night he was like 212 cuz he just lost weight overnight cuz the guy's 7 212 yeah. and he could hit like that there's no
0: 212 pounder who chases around a 260 plus pounder that's cuz like there's so much Deontay slander oh he can't box shut up everybody he boxes yeah, he box. he i saw him box i saw him beat bermaine Bermain Staverne mm-hmm. on the jab right hand yeah. Discipline jet, Now, is he a boxer like Tyson Fury? No. Tyson Fury is a more skillful fighter. But the fact that 212 he could chase around a 260-pound master boxer and even score two knockdowns is amazing. Well, then there was a the while, second fight.
1: Yeah, there was a hmm. while Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no. In the second fight, Tyson Fury's like, okay, I'm not going to get a decision in the states. I have to learn how to knock him <laughs> out. You and I both know. When a when a fighter says that it's an excuse, he has to blame some subpar performance on someone other than himself the trainer's the fall guy he gets a new trainer Tyson Fury went to cronk gym learned a completely different style than the one he was present he was fighting it at the time employed it in the ring like we saw Deontay try to do that and he's jabbing to the body in the first round and doing Mm -hmm. his thing but when it's not muscle memory in the heat of battle you eventually revert to what you were doing right Tyson Fury stayed consistent with a brand new mauling style where he's coming forward against the puncher in the second fight. And then, oh, it's not going to be a fight in the third fight. Tyson Fury totally dominated him in the second one. And right from the opening bell, Dan, you know, two fighters size each other up. They can sense what they can do and what they can't do. Tyson Fury sized Deontay up in this third fight. He's like, oh, wait a minute. Let me, I can't just walk through this guy right now. Let me, let me be careful here. And Deontay won the first round and the second round was competitive. And he climbs up off the deck to drop Tyson Fury twice in the fourth. Once, there was no temple shot. There was no shot on the chin. It was a shot directly in the middle of the forehead. Yeah. Against a 277-pound <laughs> and dude. And it probably broke his incredible.
1: hand. And it probably, probably broke, broke his
0: hand on yeah. that shot. Yeah. yeah, and that one yeah, punch. So just
1: You can see that punch reverberate through Fury's body. I mean, every fight has like a moment that's going to be remembered forever or like a a shareable moment in this generation. First fight had him coming off the canvas. Uh, Second fight, maybe the blood licking. (laughs) And this third fight, that one punch that Wilder landed. Maybe it's not the moment of the fight, but the reverberation through Fury's body just shows you this is a sick, sick sport.
0: I mean, the fact that a 6'7", 236-pound guy is the little guy, is nuts, but it is a good big man versus a good little man here. Like Tyson Fury is the good big man, mm-hmm. and Deontay Wilder is If you're outweighed by 40 pounds, even as a percentage of your body mass, right? That's an enormous percent of your body mass. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's 20, 15% of something like that of your body mass. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of size to give up. And, and not only are you giving up the size, but Tyson Fury is a better boxer. And then not only are you giving up the size and boxing skill, but It'd be one thing if the guy didn't have heart, but Tyson Fury also has an enormous heart. So that is a lot to ask of of Wilder to overcome. And he couldn't because he's not as good as, you know, he's a little, he's too small. He doesn't box well enough, all those things. But damn, he gave, like, (laughs) the way I'll say it is this. Tyson Fury won the heavyweight. He became heavyweight champion against Vladimir Klitschko. He became a great heavyweight champion against Deontay Wilder.
1: Yeah. Well, so what does that say that, about Deontay? Oh, Deontay, I mean, I think this raised his his stock massively in, in a loss. That can happen in boxing. Uh, even his biggest detractors, and I'm saying this isn't the, ba- the best gauge, but just my Twitter mentions are people like, I did, I couldn't stand Deontay well. I didn't like the uh, you know him being so boastful. I didn't like the excuses, this, that, and the other. But you got to respect the guy after that performance on Saturday night. And check this out. Check this out.
0: Joshua loses to Usyk in the rematch, right? And I say, I want Wilder, Joshua, both coming off consecutive losses. That sells out Wembley Stadium. You get 110,000 people. It'd be a financial bonanza. You could charge whatever you want on pay-per-view. I'm buying it, Mm -hmm. even if I'm not working the fight. Like when you fight like Deontay Wilder just fought, You, you, you take an L on your record, but not in terms of your standing in the sport or your career.
1: Do you think he, what's next? I mean, it's hard to say what's next. I hate to to say that when I I just saw such a hellacious battle, but part of me doesn't think he can go out like that, but then his last 20 rounds, he's taken insane punishment. So, you know, there's are options for him. Like, I don't think he'll take the the, the rebuilding route to try to get back in the title contention. I think he should just go big game fishing. Do you think he'll fight again? And, And if so, like what route should he take?
0: He'll definitely fight again because he's a fighter and there's going to be a lot of money on the table for him to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, If if I were advising Deontay, I'd put him right in with Anthony Joshua, win or lose, if he could get that fight. I mean, if Joshua wins, you got to assume it's going to be Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua. If Joshua loses, I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. would it, of course it should have happened when they were both undefeated. That would have been such a, it's not as big as that fight would have been, but it's a sellout with tickets. It's a bonanza on pay-per-view it's the must see event when it happens and it's going to be covered by the press worldwide when it happens. So to me, given Deontay's age, where he is in his career, yeah, you could feed him someone that he would knock out, but for what, you know, I, I don't think his chances diminish against Joshua based on a tune-up fight, but if you want, I wouldn't object to it. If there, and if, if Joshua wins, then yeah then they have to think a little harder about who to put them in with because it would be joshua and fury for all the marbles and heavyweight
1: yeah it might be even easier to make now not that they have losses and now that they right. realize the window is kind of closing on this era uh i spoke about with this with lennox last week and you know he, we were just saying the same thing it's like maybe now that they see like the, there's a you know the end of this is coming and they made mistakes in the past of not fighting you know maybe uh, they'll fight again But going back to Fury and um, talk about that Klitschko fight. I mean, think about the the Fury that fought in that Klitschko fight. Landed something like 70 punches, didn't have much power, dancing, awful fight, dancing around in there to where he is now. A guy with power, he's the best defender. Uh, in the heavyweight division only he gets hit with six punches per round. He has a jab when he wants to. I thought his best moments in the fight besides the knockout punches were uh, when he landed four or five jabs in a row on, on a while. So he has that jab when he wants it. Now he's got the power who beats Tyson Fury. If there is a guy out there, what type of style? Well, I mean, he's be favored against
0: anyone. Um, but as you know, like the, the, I was just talking to Randy Gordon and Jerry Cooney on their, on their mm-hmm. show. And, and um like the record for title defense is all time is Joe Lewis, 25, right? Muhammad Ali made 19. uh, Larry Holmes made 20. What did Mike Tyson make nine or 10, something like that. And Tyson was dominant. The difference between the best guy and the rest of the pack, which seems very wide to us. There are so many ways you can lose a boxing match. You know, Tyson Fury cuts easily, right? We've seen him bleeding badly in fights. Tyson Fury has been dropped. Right. Like there are lots of things that can happen in a, in a, in a ring. So he could lose to someone, but I would make him the favorite against everyone at the moment. And even throughout history, how many guys would he not be the favorite against boxing the way he's boxing now? It took Deontay Wilder who with the right hand is easily top five puncher of all time. Right. But maybe, the, maybe the best puncher with <laughs> just, with the right hand um, he's up there with Ernie Shavers mm-hmm. or Lennox Lewis or Either Klitschko, whatever, or George Foreman, Sonny Liston—just name a guy. He's right there. David Tua, whoever you want to mention, they don't hit harder than Wilder with the right hand. Fury took that shot, got up off the deck, and four and times. like won. Yeah, four times and one Even against the draw, he re, with the draw, he really won. So, so he's um when you think about him against anyone in history, Tyson Fury, Lennox Lewis given what Deontay Wilder did to him, Lennox Lewis, who's a lot better overall fighter than Deontay and and heavier and almost as tall, not quite, and long, Lennox would be... Fa- I'd favor Lennox to beat Fury. Um, I would. I don't know if I'd favor anyone else. I don't know if I'd make anyone else the favorite.
1: Well, when it comes um, to for Fury now, I think, Max, is it's himself. The only person that can beat him is himself because... Yeah. I thought he was, it wasn't his best performance on Saturday night. I mean, there was a lot of factors that went into it. I, I thought that the fight wasn't going to, th- I didn't think he could perform any better than he did in his second fight. And I didn't think he, uh, Wilder could perform any worse. So it wasn't to you know, sit somewhere in the middle, but I thought Fury was beatable on, on Saturday night. And that's the scary part is he weather this storm, it wasn't in the best of the best of shape. I think two seventy seven is, is way too, too high for him. I heard it, you know, battling some personal problems with with, uh, his daughter. So there were distractions and yet he, it just came down to will. I think that's the intangible that you can't teach as well. Well,
0: there were certain similarities between this and Ali Frazier. Obviously it's not Ali Frazier, but Muhammad Ali in the first fight um, made a strategic Mistake against Joe Frazier. He was off. First of all, he was off a long time—three and a half years. Then he comes back, has two tune-up fights, and then fights Joe Frazier. Tyson Fury was off a long time for very different reasons. Um, he comes back and has tune-up, two tune-up fights, not against Jerry Quarry and Oscar Bonavina. Nevertheless, two tune-up fights, and then he fights Deontay Wilder, undefeated Frazier, undefeated Wilder. Right? Ali um, is boxing with Frazier, and in the fifteenth round, gets hit with Frazier's signature shot—the left hook. Goes down, gets up, finishes the fight on his feet, doesn't win. Tyson Fury, boxing Deontay Wilder, gets hit with Wilder's signature shot in the last round. Goes down, gets up, finishes the fight on his feet, doesn't win. Now, I know there are many differences here. I'm just doing a very loose analogy. Second fight, Ali dominated, right? He, he, it was, he you know, hit Frazier five times on Frazier's win, tied him up, mm-hmm. rinse and repeat, one going away. Um, it was the least competitive of the series. Tyson Fury, second fight, beat up Deontay and knocked him out, but also was the least competitive of the series. Third fight, Ali takes Frazier lightly. He's like, I already, I just beat the guy. I know the formula now. I just beat Foreman. He lost to Foreman. Frazier's washed up, doesn't take, doesn't get into his best shape and has hell in Manila, right? The best action fight of the series. And this, I'm not saying this is Ali Frazier. I know (laughs) it's not as big. It's not as important. The fighters aren't as good. The action, you know, everything is not as good as Ali Frazier, but there are loose parallels. No, I mean, third fight, the most competitive Tyson Fury clearly sleeping on Deontay Wilder has a much tougher time than anticipated. And in the end guts out the win. There are some similarities there and it certainly delivered on the
1: drama. And that's that's like the, the high bar. I mean you, you can compare things to it. Not don't say that it's it's on the same level, but that's like what we have to compare. That's the gold standard. And listen, if Jerry Eisenberg says that this is one of the best heavyweight fights he's ever seen, the guy that was at Thrill in Manila, Bo Holyfield being a second one, and then Fury Wilder three. Jerry was at Dempsey that. and Tunney. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Like, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. By so... the way,
0: here's another here's some more. F- tight, uh Deontay Wilder is from Alabama, right? Bordering South Carolina, where Joe Joe Frazier's from, like Southern, even though Frazier's thought of his Philly, but originally from, and Tyson Fury, like Ali, is the big talking, Mm -hmm. bragging, backing up what he says guy, right? It's like, there are a lot of parallels. You mentioned earlier, Tyson Fury, um, a better fighter now than when he fought Klitschko. He's a more honest man now with himself right? And, and boxing is a brutally kind of honest sport. Back then, he was a guy who bragged a lot and had a lot of confidence and a lot of ability. But he reminded me when he talked of, you know, sometimes Floyd Mayweather will talk about all the money he has and everything. And I'll think it's because he always said he was going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then he went out and did it. And it's not that he wasn't confident. It's that it's almost like he has to pinch himself to be like, damn, I really did it, right? I did it. And he has to tell you about it. And Tyson Fury back then would back up his talk, but it was almost like his talk was like convincing himself. Like, I can't believe I'm really doing this. Then he goes through the Valley. He gains fees of 400 pounds and he's using drugs and he has suicidal ideation and he's off for a long time. And he says vile things about groups of people and the whole thing. And he comes out of it a better man, right? He, he, he triumphs over his problems. And he's trying to help people with mental illness. And he's open about talking about his own stuff because he thinks it's important too. And as a someone who can do a self-evaluation at that point in his life, he becomes a more honest fighter because he became a more honest man. He, he gained maturity. And as that more honest person and fighter, he became a more well-rounded fighter. Now, when he says things like, I could beat any man, he means it. He's not trying to talk himself into it. He's not pinching himself because he doesn't believe it. He's put in the work and means what he says. I think he's he's like a fully formed great champion.
1: Just looking at him on Saturday, he looked different. Like, he looked older. Like, uh, he looked more mature. I don't know if it was the beard. But when he was standing there and they were sizing each other up and he had that crazy look on his eye, you felt, yeah, he felt like a complete... Uh, fighter, and that's what he is now. Because he's, it's, you can't beat. I don't see how, how anyone can beat him. I think he's got every every tool uh, that you possibly need. One last thing, Andre Ward went on a tweet storm yesterday. He doesn't tweet a lot, but when he does, I'm sure I make sure to read him. But his main takeaway on this tweet storm, I don't know if you caught this, was he was a little bullish on Fury, you know, fighting anytime soon. Like, why even fight Dillian White? Why even fight, uh, you know, any contender they throw at him? Wait for undisputed, then right off into the sunset. Do you agree with that?
0: It, that, I mean, I, it would ha- I'd have to talk to Tyson. And if he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I have one more mountain to climb. Fine. But in fact, Tyson Fury's resume is thin. It's top heavy. He has great wins, but he, he's not a deep resume. Like Anthony Joshua has beaten more good fighters than Tyson Fury. He just hasn't. He's only beaten one great fighter. That was Vladimir Klitschko who Tyson will say, well, I took it out of him. No, I, I felt Klitschko could have beaten, I felt Klitschko was a great fighter the night Anthony Joshua beat him. Mm-hmm. And, and Joshua won a great fight, right? I give it to him. And he's beat Joseph Parker and a lot of guys like that. Tyson Fury could beef up that resume with, like, you know, I wouldn't mind if he fought Dillian White. You know, White's a pretty good fighter in this day and age. And, and history is important to Tyson Fury. He can name all the heavyweight champs. He understands the importance of the lineage. He respects it. I think that for his legacy, if that's important to him, cleaning out the cleaning out the division is hard, dude. It's hard. There's always a guy with a style. When when Joe Frazier beat Muhammad Ali, Ali, you know, Yank Durham at the time was like, okay, we got the title, let's milk this thing a little bit. Fought a couple of soft touches once, you know, because Frazier had a bru- almost died in that fight with Ali, the first fight that he won, and, and milked the title a little. Even George Foreman, Frazier was a two-to-one favorite. He was supposed to beat Foreman, right? Ali was campaigning for a rematch with Frazier. He was like, okay, I'm going to fight all the heavyweights. Ali went about cleaning out the heavyweight division, was fat and out of shape, didn't always look impressive, but clean- ran into Kenny Norton. Right. Like, even it doesn't matter how much better you think one dude is, if you fight all the guys in your division, yeah. there's a guy out there, Otto Wallin. I mean, who was it again? He, he, he cut against two. Was it yeah, Wallin or was Wallin. it?
1: Yeah. Otto like, like, landed, yeah the most, I mean, landed the most punches ever on Fury. Yeah.
0: And he cut, and there was a danger he could lose that fight. That's Otto Wallin. We're not talking about, you know, the best guy in the division. It is much harder than we suspect, usually, mm-hmm. to truly clean out a division. So if that's important to Tyson Fury, go fight your contenders. Go right. beat those dudes.
1: I think it's right there for him. Uh, I, I think that you're right. History does play a big role in his thinking. And I agree with Andre, and I, and there's parts of it that I don't agree with. Like, he doesn't have an undisputed fight with Usyk unless he fights White. I mean, the politics are getting in the way now. It's it's a mandatory. I disagree with
0: that, Dan. I disagree with that. He well, how, does how do have, you have figure? Because, because the sanctioning bodies don't necessarily have any legitimacy to dispute the claim to the championship. Just because the WB whatever says right. we have another champion does not mean that there's an actual dispute. There is a dispute now because there's a legitimate case that can be made. Tyson Fury left the sport as like Cliff Rold will point out, right? When Joe Lewis retired, Ezra Charles won recognition as champion. When Lewis came back, it wasn't, he wasn't defending the lineage. He was trying to win back the title. So in Fury's absence from boxing, a consensus formed around Anthony Joshua. And, and, and you could say, well, no, there was a dispute with Deontay Wilder. Well, okay, fine, but he's already beaten Wilder. So now any legitimacy that the sanctioning bodies had to crown a champion in Wilder, now Fury owns that. And, and the only dispute can come from the man who beat Anthony Joshua or Anthony Joshua himself. So I don't recognize the any sanctioning body's legitimacy to dispute a claim to the championship. Yeah, if, I'm not about Tyson, to defend
1: these sanctioning bodies, but if, yeah, Dillian, yeah. if Dillian White is there in the way and Tyson Fury doesn't want to fight Dillian White, he doesn't have the WC, WBC belt anymore. I understand that in theory, it's just another trinket, but if he wants to hold all four or five in that picture after he beats Usyk and be the first But I don't batter, think that's what
0: means undisputed. Do you think that, see, undisputed to me does not yeah. mean you hold all the belts. It means you hold all the legitimacy. I think it's a, the
1: definitive way to prove it. I think everything can be argued. That's the beauty of boxing. The semantics of it. We can get to the uh, figure that all out. Like same thing with Tia Fimo. Is he undisputed? Or is he not? I think definitively he has a chance to do it if he beats White and then. Well, beats okay. Well, exp-
0: ex- so is your argument? Is your argument that that in that there are contenders for a title who've earned a shot, mm-hmm. so that. Even if I'm saying, look, whatever legitimacy the do, what, what sanctioning body, I don't pay attention to these bogus sanctioning <laughs> bodies. W, so which one is BA?
1: W? No, it's WBC. Dillian White. BC. All right, like whatever. They're all, the same. They're all been the mandatory street. for about almost six hundred days. All
0: the sanctioning bodies are straight garbage. Okay, oh, I mean they've always. And by the way, they've been garbage for decades. All of them. They're corrupt and they're garbage. Oh okay, yeah. So, 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 but let's say that the BC had some legitimacy that whatever it took, Tyson Fury took it now because he beat Deontay Wilder. Okay. If your argument is, yeah, but hold on, Max, they rank contenders. So a guy can't get frozen out of the picture, right? And if you're not going to prove that you're the champ against everyone, maybe you're not the champ. And that Dillian White is the mandatory. And if you don't fight him and beat him, you haven't really defended your laurels and proved you're the champion. Dan, that's the best argument you can make that he's not undisputed. But the fact is, you can't fight everybody all the time. And if there's a bigger fight to be made with the other guy, then what legitimacy does the B- WBC have to say you're not undisputed because you didn't fight our mandatory when you already beat their champion and now you're, you're, you're proving it?
1: I totally, totally agree. It's the fact that he doesn't he will not have a dance partner. So he can't simply wait. He could. That's a good point. He he could wait, but I think as he has told you, inactivity is the devil to him. He is, uh, you know, Dillian White is sitting there waiting. I mean, he has to fight someone, uh, Tyson Fury, while he waits out AJ Nusik, unless AJ Nusik doesn't happen for some odd reason. I think that it's a does good point. Happen. But it's a good point. You can semantics. argue,
0: although it, it, it's historical precedent. Like a lot of guys sat on the title, but if you want to argue, hey, the way I look at it is, we're, do, we have a business, a sport here. You you got to defend your title unless, like, medically you can't do it or something. You got to, or there's COVID, you can't get into a country, something like that. You got to defend your title. Dillian White is sitting there. He's earned his shot. If you don't have another dance partner anyway, if, and you want to still be recognized, fight your mandatory. Okay. I, I may disagree. I may say that's not exactly the way I look at it, but I could say, all right, you have a case.
1: Yeah. If, if, what if, he, if he there's a way for him not to fight White, but keep the belt, because that has happened before, and he takes a lesser challenge, and then he goes to fight Usyk next, how would he look then? Well,
0: that's what I'm saying. If he could, I don't care about the belt. If you're like, well, he worked out a side deal with the BC and he never had <laughs> to fight his mandatory. That undermines the original argument oh, happened. you need to fight your mandatory. To, right. That's, that's why I'm saying, know, if yeah. your argument's actually rooted in the legitimacy yeah. of one of the sanctioning bodies to dispute a champion, then we just disagree. Then we I, like, then we're at an impasse because yeah. I don't think they have any legitimacy. I, I just think
1: it could be a definitive way. If he wants to just, just put out all the nonsense that we've just talked about with these trinkets and commissions, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He could beat White because he's got no one else. He's the mandatory. Then he could beat Usyk. And then I think, you know, Andre Ward is right. He could f- go off into the sunset because after that, you don't really have any challenges for Fury. That's the scary part about this heavyweight division. It's so damn top heavy. And, you know, I feel like we're just getting into the meat of it because these guys all haven't fought each other. And by the time you turn around, uh, they've taken well, on I'll so much you- punishment. I'll,
0: okay, fine. If he, if that depends on what's in his heart. If he still wants to keep running through that brick wall, you know? But if yeah. he does... And he fought, let's say he fought and beat White, and he fought and beat Usyk, who beats Joshua in a rematch. You mean to tell me that Anthony Joshua is still not a potential fight? No, I, for, he should fight him. So, okay, so that's three fights we're talking about now. <laughs> I hope how so. About, how about Joe Joyce?
1: Yeah, exactly. There's Huge other guys. Huge
0: fight in England. And, jo- and here's the thing about Joe Joyce. You're like, oh, get at it. Joe Joyce, the big the juggernaut. juggernaut. He's the man. Meantime, Tyson Fury's taller. Yep. heavier and like he's bigger than the juggernaut and, and an infinitely better boxer mm-hmm. he'll make a mockery of joe joyce i agree however something about joe joyce man that dude just keeps coming <laughs> but like, so,
1: his jab is absurd he's got a power yeah. jab
0: so i'd make tyson fury an enormous favorite to beat joe joyce Would yeah. i want to see it yeah i would
1: I think a lot of what Andre said. You got to keep in mind that it's coming from him. I mean, this is the what he did. He went out on top. You know, he didn't want to take any punishment. He has, has all his faculties. He is a great broadcaster. Uh, yeah, it's just going around on Twitter. I thought it was an interesting thing there. But yeah, uh, although
0: Andre also won the Super Six tournament, he mm-hmm. cleaned out the super middles. That's what's remarkable about Andre is that was a very competitive tournament. A lot of really good fighters, and he cleaned it out. Um, so he proved I am the guy at uh, at. Super middle, and then fought the, the best guy at light heavy and beat him too.
1: Talking about legacies, if Wilder doesn't fight again or doesn't pick up another win, is he a Hall of Famer?
0: It's such a good question. I think the answer is yes. And I think the answer is yes because forget about the fact that he held the belt. There was a time when Tyson Fury was out of the game when it was unclear who would win between joshua and wilder he maybe wilder was the best heavyweight in the world he knocked out king kong ortiz twice
1: who no one wanted
0: to fight six foot four 250 for 40 pound deep amateur cuban amateur background southpaw with punching (laughs) power and hand speed no one wants to fight that guy that's why he hasn't fought anyone knocked him out twice and even though it's tough to put a guy in the Hall of Fame based on losses, if the, I said it on the broadcast, but if, you, if one of the litmus tests that writers talk about when they talk about Hall of Fames in any sport, can you tell the story of that era and leave that guy out? Yeah. And if you can't, I don't know how you tell the story of this era without Deontay Wilder. And as I told you earlier, if Tyson Fury was heavyweight champ when he fought Deontay, but became a great heavyweight champ based on a series with Deontay. What does that say about Deontay? It's such a close call at this moment. If Deontay Wilder retired at this moment, oh, I think I'd have to say yes, but I understand why that would be controversial.
1: I mean, the Boxing Hall of Fame is, is unlike any of the other Hall of Fames. Yeah. It's a lot – the barrier for entry is a lot – Lower bar. Yeah, it it really is. Uh, but you know, if you go by the terms of how baseball looks at it, you know, ten plus years or whatever, like you said, of you know longevity, being on top. But in boxing, it's entertainment. So he provided three three big fights. That was a bronze
0: medal in the Olympics. By exactly.
1: That. Well, the guy is. I mean, like you said, like this isn't the time to 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 kick a guy when he's down. He can box. There was a time in boxing where there were only three guys that landed more than thirty percent of their jabs. It was Anthony Joshua. Deontay Wilder and triple G and he has that and he has that eraser with his right hand. So he wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing boxer at the heavyweight division Wilder, but you have to get in position to land that right. That right there is an art form. And he had a basic one too.
0: He reminds me in certain ways. Also loose analogy, everyone, I get it. But Rocky Marciano Marciano picked up the sport late. He was in his late teens. So was Deontay Wilder around the same age. Marciano was, oh, he had no skills because he had a style that suited his frame, right? Get really low. He took a lot of punches. Meantime, he was knocking everybody out, right? Marciano also had a thin resume. Didn't fight a lot of great fighters, only at the very end of his career. And, and his style was predicated on landing, of wearing you down, landing the big shot. Deontay has a style predicated on getting that Sunday punch, the right handle. There are similarities there too. You know, Rocky never had to fight a guy who was a great boxer and 40 pounds bigger than him. You know, Deontay (laughs) did. That's the difference.
1: They weren't that big back then. (laughs) Humans are bigger. Humans are getting bigger. (laughs) Was this the type of fight, though, when you go into work uh, on Monday and everyone wants to talk about boxing for a change? It gets superseded Alabama and uh, MLB playoffs for once. I'm sure you went into the ESPN studio and were like, yeah, let's talk about it.
0: (laughs) A lot of people wanted to talk about it. Think about boxing that people don't realize, or maybe they do. Your favorite athlete's favorite sports, other than the one they play, is probably boxing. Mm-hmm. You know, like football players, their second favorite sport is usually basketball or boxing. Mm-hmm. Basketball players, usually I'd say their second favorite sport is boxing or mm-hmm. football, right? A lot of baseball players love boxing. You know, it, boxing is, is like your favorite athlete's Favorite sport other than the one they play usually. So yeah, boxing is getting a lot of love right now off that fight.
1: A lot of actors too. Everyone, everyone wants to be there. They want to be a part of it. And that was on Saturday night. Uh, Max, may I ask you one last thing? When you look back, it's been a few years. Do you uh, uh, do you miss HBO? Do you look at it differently now that we're kind of a few years separated from it?
0: Look, yeah. I mean, HBO is is um, you know I grew up watching it. That was the major leagues of boxing. Um, uh, they totally monopolized the top level of the sport. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was in, when I was a kid, it was the, 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 the regular season of the major leagues was played on the networks. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the postseason was played on HBO. The winners of those brackets on the regular in the, in the networks got to fight on HBO. And then as I got older, it was like the minor leagues are played on cable. And then the major leagues are played on HBO, and the postseason's on pay-per-view. You know, um, but when I but but the, the model of HBO, premium pay cable service, that was you know first they came out with movies everyone had movies Showtime this one, Cinemax this one, then it was like okay what else? Oh, boxing, we can monopolize the best boxing in the world, and that's really why you're subscribing to HBO. And so the product was you know incredible. Um, uh, and uh, and to be a part of that history even if it was the last 10 or 12 years whatever it was, you know, is something I'll, I'll, I will I'll always cherish for real
1: yeah, I miss those days, I miss the people I miss uh, being around it all the big show, it was a big show and it was cool to see Roy two weeks ago as part of the AJ uh, and Usyk fight, it was good to see you on Saturday we gotta get Jim in there, we gotta get Jim's voice back on there Maybe oh yeah, one more
0: fight yeah, I don't know, who does it better than Jim,
1: come on there he is Max Kellman, appreciate the time boxing is hot in the streets right now Uh, we'll have to get you on soon and uh, thanks a lot man